Yo, what's good, everyone? Thank you for stepping into the Coach's Box. I'm your host, Coach JP3, joined by Coach Murph, Coach Pace, and Coach Natty T. Man, there's been a lot of stuff going down, especially these last couple of days, the NBA trade, free agency, all that kind of stuff, rumors out there. Just typical NBA drama, right? That's just par for the course. Uh, and it escalated super quick, super quick. So we're going to dive into that first. We're going to later cover some NCAA stuff and do a little top 10 QB rankings uh, to cap off the show. But first, as we jump into the free agency, just wanted us to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, there's a lot of movement. So like what, what are some of the moves that stood out to us, whether it be via trade, um, you know, free agency, uh, so I'll get it started here. A couple that I really liked was uh, Brogdon to Boston. I know Marcus Smart said he got it, but he don't got it. So I'm glad that they made this move. And I was watching uh, ESPN earlier today, and Kendrick Perkins was like, Man, I mean, it was a good move, but I think that, uh, you know, Marcus Smart was doing a good job. He was doing a good enough job. They really didn't need it. And I'm like, Perk, bro, like you saw them turn the ball over all these times um, between, you know, him and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, there was a lot of ill-advised passes. And so what I think Brogdon brings to them is efficiency from that position. It takes some of the pressure off those other guys. So it's, it's one thing to say that you could come off of the screen and score, you can dive to the basket, you could create your own shot. It's another thing to be able to create stuff for other people. Uh, to be able to start with the ball is different than ending with the ball. And so those guys aren't as good starting with the ball as they are ending with the ball. And so Malcolm Brogdon, you know, he's got, he almost averaged 20 points still, you know, for the Pacers. So he can get you a bucket if need be. So the defense has to respect him, but um, he can make some good decisions there. He doesn't turn the ball over a lot. So I thought that was a good move. And they basically got him for nothing. Like they didn't really lose anything. So, um, so that was one. Uh, one that a lot of people are talking about. I like Joe Ingles going to the Bucks. I thought that was a good pickup for him. I, you know, I know he's coming off of uh, major surgery, but his game isn't predicated off athleticism. Uh, so I think that that's he'll be just fine once he gets you know and trust his body back. So when it comes playoff time, I think Joe will be the Joe we saw in Utah. Uh, for them to have another shooter, that's pretty. Like think about it. You know, Giannis really needed some shooters with Middleton out. And so they go out and get one. So imagine them on the court at the same time with Giannis Middleton and then Joe Ingles comes into the game. So I think that was good. You know, they, um, um, I think made a good, good um, decision there because really they just lost Defenjenzo. I think they lost him, but I mean, I take Joe Ingles over Defenjenzo. Uh, and Bobby Portis, they resigned too. So that was good. And then, um, McGee to the Mavericks, uh, JaVale McGee. I thought that was a good pickup for the Mavericks. They really needed a big, um, and it was kind of glaring once they got to a certain point in the playoffs. Uh, so having him that you don't, you don't really need him to score. You just need him to challenge shots and clean the glass. Um, he can do all that. Uh, and then PJ Tucker to Philly, I thought was a pretty good pickup too. Um, giving them uh, even more of a defensive presence and somebody that can knock down a corner three, some toughness. So yeah, those 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 are mine, my big ones there. Um, so um, Coach Murph, who did you have? Uh, 
Well, I'll, I'll start with the most recent one, which is real interesting, is the, the Rudy Gobert trade to the Minnesota Timberwolves. I really don't understand <laughs> it because of, I mean, like, my biggest thing with Rudy and with Utah is that being there, he was like their only defender outside of Royce O'Neal. So when you put him with a bunch of uh, players that can guard the perimeter and you're forcing him to guard everything when he's truly just a realm protector, it's no different with him being in Minnesota, especially them getting rid of Vanderbilt and Patrick Beverly and doing it because nobody else really defends like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, will it elevate their defense? Yes because Rudy Gobert just does that being on the court, but it still doesn't make any sense, especially with the assets they gave up. Like, I think they gave up about five picks if you count swaps and stuff on top of those two players, which is also messed up after, you know, I mean, we just saw Patrick Beverly crying after winning a a playing game and put his heart and soul into the team, and he shipped him off for Rudy Gobert. So we'll see how that goes. The – uh, you know, I'm, you know, hear a lot about the DeJounte Murray to the, the Hawks. I feel as though that's something that we really can't speak on until in the future uh, to see how those picks turn out. And then also if uh, DeJounte and, uh, you know, Trey Young mesh well, but like on the surface, I'm okay with it. i we saw versus the Heat that they clearly needed another playmaker uh, on the court because all that he did was trap Trey and nobody could do anything else. So them getting DeJounte helps. Um, it looks like the the Spurs is down to just retool the team in some kind of way. I'm curious of uh, what that's going to look like. But, I mean, the draft capital, I feel like everybody's just pretty much trying to stack up on draft capital for, for some reason. Um, what's another, like, decent show? I, I did like the the P.J. Tucker signing. The, the contract, I'm iffy on, like, $33 million fully guaranteed. Like, you're going to get what you get from him. Right. I mean, because he's just a dog, and he's just going to fight and do everything else that nobody wants to do. But $33 million, at his age for the next three years. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, those are, I'm outside the ones you touched on. I think that's pretty much it for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, those are, those are good. Those are good. Yeah. I'm anxious to see DeJounte Murray too. I don't know how to quite feel about it. I mean, it doesn't make them worse, but I'm not sure if it makes them that much better, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, because I mean, Spurs did it right in terms of, I mean, DeJounte, well, DeJounte said that he wasn't going to re-sign or he wasn't going to sign the extension. So with him having two years left on his contract, him just being uh, all, or not only me, but ma- being, making the all-star team, he's at his peak. So they did it right mm-hmm. instead of doing what everybody else does. And like, oh, well, we'll just try to get him on his last year of his contract. Mm-hmm. So they traded him at his apex. So it made sense, and I understand why they did it. Mm-hmm. The Hawks, I mean, going from what they were two years ago to last year to now, it's not like that's going to push them into something crazy because, I mean, everybody is just better. I mean, you got the Celtics, you got 
Miami still, you got the Bucks still, Philly. So it's just like, I still don't see them. I mean, they still just look like a solid first round exit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that goes. And we'll see because the interesting thing is because they lost Gallinari in that, but Gallinari's not staying put. I think they just waived him or or whatever. So he's going to be at another stop at some point. So I'm anxious to see where he goes too. Yeah. So what about you, Coach Pace? What are some of the things that stood out to you? Um, I mean, they also got rid of Kevin Herter, which I thought was a bad move because, I mean, him coming off the bench was like super, super huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, along with Bogdanovich, them two coming off the bench kind of helped them stay afloat most games, even though they lost. Um, so I think that's low-key a bigger loss than what people actually give them credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, but my main focus <laughs> right now, I'm about to get into it, is Miles Bridges. Because there is no way possible, okay, I see all the jokes that were on social media. Miles Bridges trying to make it out the lead. Literally, I'm starting to think that's what he was really trying to do. Because two, what is it? Today's Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, free agency started yesterday, correct? At mm-hmm. 4 p.m.? Mm-hmm. A day before you about to get a max, no. You about to get, listen, you about to get over 100 mil. Right, easily, easy. Easy over 100 mil. You led the team in scoring. Listen, you probably were the best defensive player. That's not saying much because Charlotte didn't play defense. But regardless, mm-hmm. you did what needed to do and you made highlights. And you averaged 20 a game. That's getting you guaranteed about around 130 to 150 right about now. The way the market is. And you blow it because mm. you want to beat on a woman. Now, listen, I don't care what the situation was. I don't care if she jumped on you, scratch your eyes out. Listen, you got a hundred M's on the line, a couple hundred M's on the line. Cause let's just say you last another 10 years. Guess what? You signed five years. Guess what? You up another five years. All right. You just lost at least $200 million. And you lost it on a woman that is with all due respect, that's replaceable. Listen, at the end of the day, as an NBA All-Star, no matter how you look at it, if you get to a point where a woman is antagonizing you and literally costing you hundreds of millions of dollars, because I don't know the dynamics. Don't really care to know the dynamics. None of my business. But my boy, you pulled an Antonio Brown, except times 10. Because mm-hmm. all you had to do was last another 24 hours. And you had the bag secured. And you couldn't do it because you wanted to commit domestic violence because you couldn't hold your temper. Hey, something wrong with these dudes out here, man. I don't know what it is, but some athletes, bro, it's not making sense. He was my one of my favorite rappers, too, because I like the Michigan sound, Detroit sound. And he had bars. And he blew it. I don't understand it. He really just blew 100-plus M's because he couldn't keep his hands to himself. Mm-hmm. Man. That was that was wild. When I saw that, I was like, no way, bro. Like, first of all, there's just a lot of, you know, whether it's assault and, you know, we've been talking about Deshaun Watson a lot on the show. And then you know, there's the other domestic violence cases out there. Um, you know, um, 
the dude from the Ravens that died was on fentanyl and, and cocaine. And I'm just like, what what, is, what are y'all doing out here, man? Like, y'all got to be smarter than this. It, like, I, like, I'm with you, like, Coach Payne. I don't know what the dynamics of the situation were, but nothing warrants you putting your hands on. You know what I'm saying? Like, walk away, drive away, go somewhere till you cool down. If if it's over, over, then it's like, yo, what, somebody got to go. You know what I'm saying? You won't have to leave. I don't leave. You know what I'm saying? We're going, whatever the case may be. But you had so many options and you chose to put your hands. The worst one out of all of them. You, decided, you had about 100 options. Yes, 100 you options. You chose number 100. The number 100, yes. You chose the worst option. Hell, you chose 101. For yourself, your name, your reputation, your career, your relationship, if there was anything that was going to be salvaged, I don't think it's happening now. So like you you blew everything, everything. So yeah, that was that was really disheartening to see. Yeah, I mean that that probably would that's that set me off. I ain't gonna lie to you. I didn't really care too much about like the K thing. I was cool with it after but once the Miles Bridges thing came out, I was so hot because I was like, bro, you really just lost the bag like there's i don't think the nba is more serious than the nfl so i don't even know if he can come back from this like it's it's real real mm-hmm. he might be on some on the path and not to say like they correlate many but y'all know how michael beasley got exiled out the league just randomly mm-hmm. he might end up like that and it's just yeah it's it's not a good look but the only other one I really cared about was the Rudy Gobert because Brian Winhorst said something about something's going on in uh, Utah. <laughs> and lo and behold, next thing you know, I'm like, all right, bro, listen, something might be going on in Utah. Wade, I don't know what he's doing over there. I don't really care. I stopped messing with Wade once he retired. But Utah not making no sense over there. So it's interesting. And I think they're trying to keep Cat as a stretch four. Yeah, because you know he ain't no real senator or nothing like that. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to put Rudy got down there to offset like what Cat is doing because you know Cat want to stay on the perimeter and mm-hmm. be a poor, poor, poor man's Kevin Kevin Garnett. Mm-hmm. Yes, man, that was interesting. Yeah, I saw that this morning too. I laughed so hard and Coach Natty T <laughs> texted it to me. I was like, bro, this, I, the funny part about that segment on first take, it was it was kind of anticlimactic the way you set it up. He's like, I'm just Man. gonna say everybody was on the edge of their seats, like, okay, what are you gonna say? What's going on in Utah? He's like, I don't know. What's something's going on in Utah? And I'm like, I don't know what they could do. Yeah, like I, well, I think it was inevitable either him or Donovan Mitchell was gonna get traded. Right. But honestly, I think I mean Utah came up because I mean you can't really recruit people there. So you're going to have to do it through the draft. And I don't know who Minnesota was betting against, but I just feel like that was a lot <laughs> for Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that the Bulls uh, was going to take their shot at him, but they don't have nearly the amount of assets that they gave up. So I was just like, nah. so right now I felt like, you know, Minnesota really lost the trade because, I mean, even – if this makes them like uh you know a solid six seed, like an actual playoff team, I still see them getting bounced. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And 
Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, because definitely free agency is not going to be kind to uh, to Utah. So, yeah, this is new coach, a bunch of picks. It's going to be interesting. Yes. So, would you say, Coach Pace? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I- I don't know. It's interesting, but also, well, I don't know, you know, Natty, uh, Coach Natty is going to bring this up, but the the Jalen Brunson to the mix, that, I thought that was kind of interesting. I'm like, you're on the verge of, you know, something special with the Mavericks. I mean, acquiring Christian Wood and, you know, you had a, a, you know, a great run last year and then you just, Go to the Knicks. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't know. He will never see the playoffs again. I, I know it's just more so low. It's they always say location, location, location. But like, and then probably he he's good, but mm-hmm. I don't think what he brings for some reason I don't see him like eclipsing like R.J. Barrett. Like, I can see him eclipse. Like, I think Julius Randle might get traded by, like, the trade deadline this year, especially if he plays remotely how he did last year. Mm. But, like, maybe it's just one of those things like, hey, I'm good too. Um, Let me go get my own team. But it's like, I don't, the Knicks ain't going to really be your team either. Mm. Like, you'll probably get more of a buzz because you're not behind somebody as great as Luka, but. To me, I think it's, it's R.J. Barrett's team. I think they're thinking about building around him. So we'll... He just wanted that bag because he was a second-rounder, so he wouldn't get much to begin with. Yeah, but I think – I thought uh, Mark Cuban said that they were going to, you know, give him whatever. Man, they wouldn't I... give They lying through their teeth. Mark I'm... wouldn't give him nothing. Put that up. <laughs> they ain't nowhere close to what they giving up. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't twenty two million a year. <laughs> look it up of what Dallas's offer was. Dallas was probably offering him like five years, 80, 85 tops. Mm. Something like that, yeah. Something like that. Well, um, while you're looking that up, um, Coach Merv, go ahead, Coach Natty T. What were what were some of the things that stood out to you these past few days? Um, no, I mean, you guys mentioned everything. Uh, the one that I'm just not going to give this dude a break until he wins the MVP or a title is Zion Williamson's fat self. <laughs> As y'all know, I have no respect for athletes that are out of shape on purpose, unless you have a medical condition, because right. that is something that you 100% control yourself. Like we got on uh what's his name jason tatum you know that was a skill deficiency you know he just didn't step up Mm -hmm. he went out of shape that's a conscious choice if you said you know what instead of working out today i'm gonna eat a whole pizza you know what instead of shooting jump shots i'm just gonna eat a whole bunch of beignets today i have no respect for that so that's fine they want to give him all that money but I don't give a damn. If he don't win an MVP or uh, gets to the championship, wins the championship within that life of that contract, bum, trash, get him out of here. 
What if he um, uh, makes a couple All Star teams? I don't give a damn about the All Star. <laughs> <laughs> fat ass. Like, come on, man. Trash. Anyway, pretty much on, pretty much on what every, everybody said. I think you have to remember from a context perspective because. It was about a year and a half ago. They renegotiated the TV deals. Mm. So the salary cap's going up, like, a lot. Yeah. So that's why, like, a lot of the money, you know, a lot of zeros have been thrown out there. Man. Um, so, for instance, like the Jalen Brunson, I mean, you know, because I think he's got four years, $104 million. Mm-hmm. That's $26 million a year. Mm-hmm. But for context, <laughs> in his position, that's – I think it's the 14th highest point guard in the league. So that's probably about where he should be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's just, it just tells you just sort of the, the inflation and just the money that's being generated in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think to your point, Coach JB3, I like the Malcolm Brogdon um, pickup for Boston. Um, you know, he's a 50, 40, 90 guy, which means, you know, 50% field goal percentage, 40% from three, 90% from free throw. I think only, there's only a handful of guys that's ever done that in the league. Mm-hmm. He's one of them. Um, so I think that's what, that's what Boston needs as far as, you know, efficiency goes. Um, as far as moves coming up, per my sources, <laughs> uh, insider information. Let's well, go. we'll leave for the other one. But so I think one to keep your eye on is DeAndre Aiden. So now with Rudy going to Minnesota, from what I was told, Utah wants uh, DeAndre Aiden pretty bad. Mm. But what's interesting is Phoenix is one of the destinations for you know who, KD. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of, you know, how that works. Mm-hmm. Because somebody, you know, it's just going to come down to who can give the better offer. Um, I know what they're saying about Donovan Mitchell, that they're going to build around him. I still wouldn't be shocked if Miami trades for him, if they can't get Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. I'll keep my eye on that. Okay. Um. And then as far as, you know, we'll get into it, but, you know, the other one in Brooklyn. Right now, from what I'm hearing, it's pretty much Lakers. That's the only team that's interested. Mm. Nobody, (laughs) and I mean, nobody else is interested in acquiring him. (laughs) Not one team is interested in in acquiring him. It's just one. Um, So from what I'm told, the Nets have kind of put that on a back burner because they're trying to prioritize getting KD traded. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And another team that I was told, keep your eye on with KD is Memphis. Ooh. And OKC as well. Memphis will be fired. Mm-hmm. And then OKC as well because mm. – what Brooklyn is looking for, they're looking for a ton of picks and for, you know, a young player, young future all-star. So SGA, is that what they're going to go for? Yeah. 
and another starter on top of that. That's that's the asking price for KD right now, hmm. per my sources. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's what's being floating around out there kind of behind the scenes from what I've, you know, from what I've been told. So, you know, you can kind of do a process of elimination of which teams can offer that. Um, so I, I know Windhorse is talking about KD and Kyrie going to the Lakers. That's that's not that's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> so you say you want KD and Russ. Yeah. You said um, Utah is interested in KD. Is that what you said? No, Utah is interested in DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton. So okay. it makes it interesting because with Phoenix being one of KD's preferred destinations, and they can offer, they have assets that they can offer for him. But yeah, it will really be centered around DeAndre Ayton. Hmm. So you know, it's going to be a lot of you know, if this happens or if that happens, if because I because the other caveat is Utah would have to probably bring in a third team to make that deal happen. That's what I was about to say. Is um, that- so yeah, and then there's another like weird. I won't get into it too much because it's it'll be a little too crazy to think about. But so the Nets are in this weird position where they because they have Ben Simmons on the team. With how the collective bargaining agreement reads, they can't trade for certain star players. Right, right. So that also makes it interesting as well. So, um, you know, for instance, certain names like Bam Adebayo, Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, they can't like do a swap for any of those guys. Right. So don't be surprised if you see. You know Ben Simmons as a extra throw in with a Kyrie deal or even a KD deal as well, mm-hmm. um, just so you know that helps kind of the Nets be a bit more flexible there. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, I think I mean it'll probably be early next week. That's my if not this weekend, I probably could hear something because you know they're working on it. So we'll we'll see how it goes. But interesting free agency period, to say the least. And when y'all do see this stuff happen, remember where you heard it first, right? <laughs> the coach's box. You yeah. got Woj, you got Shefty, you got uh, Wendy, and then you got Maddie. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Sports insiders right there. Yeah, um, like I said, I'm just a messenger, man. You know, I just, I just tell what I've been told. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So I, I looked up the contract. They did offer him um, the Mavericks offered him five years, 110 million. But of course, four uh, four years, 106 or 104 million, whatever he got from the Knicks is technically more. So mm. I yeah. It. Plus, and and the coach face said, I mean, he's a he's a second round draft pick guy. So he's he's like, look, I mean, I you know, I'd love to stay here, but listen, I gotta I gotta strike while the iron's hot. And again, I mean, I don't blame him. And again, when you look in context to what he's getting paid to his peers and mm-hmm. his position, he's not really overpaid. As crazy as that sounds, that like sounds it's crazy. it's actually like in line. Man, he's not this, this this mess stuff, man. Is interesting. Like if I'm playing GM, this is what I'm going through my mind. I like I I heard the Memphis talk. 
But I think that's dead because I think that would have been centered around Jared Jackson Jr. And with him having his injury, I, I'm cool on that. Like, I think he's going to be out for like – he's going to be out for some time. But OKC makes sense. You got your start there technically. I mean, technically it was Seattle, but Oklahoma City um, – hella picks you got to do something with it it just makes sense for that you got a lot like way too much young talent from you know Shay you got Giddy you got Baisley uh and oh you just got Chad Homegrown like you, you just got they got like oh they just got a long list of talent that you can just you know push out so I feel like they have it's just that they don't have like Outside of Shea, you don't have like a star star attraction to to bring to the net, so that's the the only thing. If you don't get Shea, but uh, the picks will help. And then I know that he wanted to go to. He mentioned like the Suns and and the Heat being at the top of his list. The Heat thing is interesting, even because of well, one if they did. I know it would have to be Bam or Jimmy. And with them having Ben Simmons, it would have to be a, a three-team trade to get Ben out somewhere else in order to take uh, someone like Bam. But KD said that he wants to be there uh, if Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, and Bam is there. And it's just like, well, they're not going to trade for Tyler Hero, Max Struess, and Gabe Vincent and Pitts. <laughs> so I think that's pretty much dead. Um, Aiden with the Suns, we'll see how that how that'll go. But like, there's just I'm shooting for Boston. I'm snagging Jalen Brown. They got a lot of picks. Jalen Brown is a star, and I just feel like he will bring more attention to the team more so than an Aiden would. I mean, if you can get Shea, I will go Shea, but I feel like I'm, I got my eyes locked on like a Jalen Brown, uh, Grant Williams and picks and, you know, maybe even a, another player. But I feel like they have a lot of talent over there that you can snag on top of the picks. Yeah, because, I mean, you can get a, a Derek White as a complimentary. You know, yeah. I, if I – okay. I may be prisoner of the moment here, so please forgive me. But if I'm Boston and I got any shot at KD, you can have Tatum if you want to. Because KD is just a better version of Jason Tatum, in my opinion. So, but Jalen Brown brings a dynamic with KD that would not be present if it was KD and Tatum playing together. So... And that gives box office, more box office to the team that, you know, to the Nets to have Tatum there. So if there was any shot, I would actually get rid of Tatum. And I don't hate the guy. I know I've been very hard. We've been very hard on him in this show, but that's what I would do. I think it, it would fit better. It, it all depends on what they want to do with Ben Simmons. If they know that they're going to trade Ben Simmons somewhere, then yeah, you can, you can go for that. I feel like Jalen Brown is that, uh, you know, that sneaky steal where because you you can get more players from because you say, Hey, I want Jason Tatum, they'll be like, Okay, well, you can have Jason Tatum and picks or Jason Tatum 
and and like one lower lower player and a couple picks you can get way more picks and players with Jalen Brown um yeah but and then you wouldn't again Jalen Brown you don't have to get rid of Ben Simmons if you don't want to Mm. and then who knows like and then when it comes to Kyrie I'm not moving you you're just going to play this last year, your deal, and you can walk. Because there's nothing I can give. The only way I'm going to get rid of you, if I get rid of you and KD together. I'm not pigeonholing myself like that. So you can just sit here, play 30 games this season, and walk out. But I'm not – there's nothing – I'm taking a loss in trading you because I will have to do it with KD. And then with Ben Simmons, who knows with the guy. <laughs> you can you could probably pull something off with Portland because I know you know there was a, a time where Dame said he uh, will want to play with Ben Simmons and they got some young talent that you could probably snag from there but I mean I, I just don't know what the market is like for Ben Simmons outside of Portland mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. plus they need a defender like that that can uh, guard on the perimeter because Simons and, and Dame ain't doing it yeah, Simon's got a big bag too. I was like, dang, bro. I was like, that's a lot of money to throw at him. But yeah, that's that's what the market's calling for. Yeah. yeah. So I guess since now that we fully transitioned into this whole bro that situation. Uh-oh. We here have we some go. more information to share. Here we go. So I mean, obviously, I guess to some it may not have been a surprise that Katie asked for a trade, but just to give y'all context. And remember, I'm just a messenger. This is my opinion. I'm just telling y'all what I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially, this whole situation with the Nets. And so, and you probably have heard some of this already, but long story short, Katie and Kyrie are upset at the Nets. And that's why KD has asked for a trade. This goes back to when they first got there and with DeAndre Jordan. Um, (laughs) Yes, I said DeAndre Jordan. So apparently he's, they're they're like the little three amigos, him, KD, and Kyrie. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you remember, when they fired Kenny Atkinson, one of the reasons why was because they didn't play him more. They wanted to play him over Jared Allen. Jared Allen, yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, Jared Allen that went to Cleveland and became an all-star. Yes, they wanted to play DeAndre Jordan over him, Kyrie and KD. So even when Steve Nash was hired, if you remember last year when they played in the playoffs, um, DeAndre Jordan didn't play that much. Mm-mm. They didn't like that. Okay. Even throughout the time with Kyrie last year, with him, you know, going on his hiatus during the January 6th and him going to his sister's birthday party and him just, you know, needing a break. They didn't like how Brooklyn handled it. They felt like from a media perspective, the organization should have defended him more um, and not made him seem like a scapegoat. Um, And like that. Oh my God. Overall, Katie doesn't like that the Nets haven't really took the time, the energy that they've taken with him to really get to know him and how, you know, acts his opinion on certain things. 
They didn't do the same with Kyrie. He felt like Kyrie should have deserved that same respect. Okay. My God. They didn't like how Kyrie was treated with the whole COVID situation. Even though he chose not to get vaccinated because of the New York City mandate, they felt like the Nets should have vouched for they should they they felt like the Nets should have vouched for Kyrie more on his behalf to the city of New York, to the mayor. Um I'm trying to keep a straight face while I'm saying this. So, you know, I'm trying to say this as slow as I possibly can because it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So, and this was slightly reported last year, I think, you know, right before the playoffs uh, came around, but the Nets could have paid a fine. It was like, I think it was like a $5,000 fine for each home game that Kyrie played in for him being unvaccinated. So the fine was willing to be paid, but the problem was Brooklyn Nets said, well, Kyrie, that should come out of your salary since you decided not to be vaccinated. (laughs) Kyrie said, no, you guys should pay that just straight up. I should still get my money, but you guys should pay that. So that's ultimately why he didn't pay. Jesus. And why they just said, all right, well, you just stay away. And then when KD got hurt, we're like, well, you can come back and be a part-time player but we're not going to pay unless you're willing to pay, you know, the $5,000 per game out of your own salary, mm-hmm. then we're going to have to do the part-time thing. So apparently KD and Kyrie, they didn't like that either. Last but not least, the whole contract negotiation, they, KD and Kyrie didn't like the fact that he wasn't just offered the five-year max, the $250 million max, just off jump um it felt like the three years was disrespectful and the fact that they were putting in a minimum game requirement they didn't like that either because <laughs> so, they wanted to show up to work so they put in the no th- yeah they, they, didn't, <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't like that either God. so <laughs> so again Kyrie tried to work to like hey you know try to put out there that he's available but only the Lakers, and I mean only the Lakers, were interested. From what I was told, and of course, I don't know why Michael Jordan would want to help them in this situation, but the Charlotte Hornets were willing to take on Russell Westbrook because he has an inspiring contract. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they could send Kyrie to L.A., but Brooklyn wanted A.D. L.A. was like, nah, we can't get rid of A.D. for Kyrie straight up. So that kind of fell through. So then Kyrie opts back in. I guess him and KD had a conversation. They said, well, I'm just going to request for a trade because I don't like how they treated you. So that's what leads us to today. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's all my my inside information. Um, I had had a good, it was like a 45-minute phone call by my my contact because we were just catching up on stuff and yeah, very interesting. Yeah, mind blown. That, I, it's it's extremely delusional, and I, I don't even. I man, the, uh, I, I I need a moment. Coach, <laughs> can you? Can, what, what are you thinking right now, man? What are you? Thinking? I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. Listen, <laughs> it's real simple, fellas. It's real simple. Money make these men emotional. 
<laughs> that's it. That's all there is to it. They really, LeBron got everybody out here thinking they are LeBron. Mm. That's what it is. Everybody's not LeBron. Everybody, listen, and I'm going to tell you this. You know who's real smart? James Harden. He's a visionary. Okay? He's a he's visionary. He's hard time. He's like, I'm out. But every situation. Look, Houston fell through. Look what they're doing with John Wall. Granted, he had the Clippers now, but guess what? John Wall was sitting, and they didn't want to play him for like two and a half years. Yeah, he's a visionary. Same thing with Boston. I mean, uh, Brooklyn. We thought John uh, Harden was being lazy, out of shape, which he was for a little bit, but he got back in shape. <laughs> he looked around like, all right, bro, Kyrie not playing. I'm out here carrying the team. KD off and on, he hurt. Man, let me get up out of here. So he, you know, he did what he needed to do to get up out of there. We gave him a bad rap for it. Yeah. Guess what? Once again, look at Brooklyn, falling to pieces. James Harden, a visionary. I don't like how he playing the playoffs, but he's a visionary. He be seeing something that we don't. <laughs> okay, but outside of that, money make these men emotional, and Kyrie and KD are the two worst to give money to. Yeah, I just I'm just don't understand like it's an accountability issue. Like Kyrie keeps showing you that he just doesn't care about anybody else but himself. He's like, hey, you know, we could do the Knicks. No, I want to go to the Nets. Whatever. You get there, everybody's getting vaccinated. No, I don't want to get vaccinated. Oh, you can play, but you will have to pay out your pocket because you decided not to do this. Well, no, y'all should pay. No, you're gonna do it. Okay, then I'm just not going to play. Like literally, everything he does is is just on the count of the hill, which isn't which isn't wrong, you know. If that's the type of person you are, do you? But the fact that it just seems like KD's just eating this stuff up is just crazy to me. Especially for somebody that just wants to hoop, you surround yourself or just become in so much drama all the time for someone that just wants to play ball. Like somebody that just wants to hoop, I think of Jimmy Butler. I think of Kawhi Leonard. I don't think of KD. People that just like, I go in, I do my job. I don't do all the social media stuff, get into it with Draymond. I don't do this. I don't do that. I just go in, I just do my thing. That's somebody that just hoops. Yeah. So I don't feel bad for him, even though that he probably ultimately get what he wants to get. Kyrie, on the other hand. If you want to go to the Lakers, you can go next year because I'm not trading you there with KD. And that's just the end of it. Man, nah, that, that's that's good stuff. Good stuff, fellas. I'm going to try to keep this brief. Coach Natty T made me upset all over again because I hear no – okay. Uh, again, I'm just a messenger. I'm just telling y'all, you know, I'm just telling you what I've been told. So I'm going <laughs> to – I'm going to separate this into three different categories. Nets, Kyrie, KD. So I'm going to start with the Nets. No authority. All right. So Nets, no authority. So you look at punishment, nothing. Coach Murph, what you said, accountability. I had that written down as well. No accountability for its players. I don't understand where they are coming from as far as saying that the, the Nets would not 
give them what they wanted. They literally fired Kenny Atkins. They literally fired the dude. They got DeAndre. They did what you told them to do. They got your boy, even though he couldn't play like that no more. He's not clip. He was he wasn't Clippers. DeAndre Jordan. He was a shell of himself, and they still got him. And then the coach that wouldn't want, didn't want to play him, they fired him and got rid of Jerry Allen. That's why he's in Cleveland. Because became the Nets an all-star. And became an all-star. Went to and played in the play-in game. Nice young team there in Cleveland. So they did what you wanted them to do. Hey, Coach JP3, don't forget, they also got Harden for them like they wanted, and they also got the coach that they wanted. Yes. So they don't, they don't need a coach, right? So – they're like, oh, well, you know, we'll just go with the, this new, you know, Steve Nash. You know, so he'll, he'll understand us. He, it'll be fine. They got him. They got everything that you asked for. All right. So, but that's what happens when I think franchises get desperate because that's not happening in Miami. That's not happening in Phoenix. That's not happening with the Clippers. Because Clippers are the little brother of L.A., and they always will be, but they're a smart little brother. That's the difference between smart little brother in L.A. and dumb little brother in Brooklyn, New York. So that, that's the difference there. So that's just kind of my take on it. They, they literally were on, like boys to men, on bended knees and gave everything to Kyrie and Katie that they wanted. And then those guys got the nerve to be like, nah, you should pay the 5000 a game. What? I gave you everything you asked for. I'm asking you to do one thing, one thing, so you can play, right? Anyway, okay. Next is Kyrie. So we have no authority. Nets, no authority. Kyrie, no sense. No sense at all. Just straight up foolishness. So you take this hiatus without telling your employer and then get mad at them because they didn't cover your behind? the way you thought they should do, I thought they covered him because they never made him a villain out of that. The media made him a villain out of that because they're like, how you not t- talk to your boss about where you're going? The Nets never made him a villain. They were like, you know, I'm sure something's going on. We, we'll get in touch with him. We'll figure out what's going on. They did not villainize him. Go ahead, Coach, please. All right, who worse? This going to stump everybody. I know it. Y'all going to have to take a second. Who worse, Kyrie or Antonio Brown? I Go. knew he was going to ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, well, I can't give you a straight answer right now. I would say, <laughs> I guess I would say Antonio Brown because. Yeah. The off the court. Uh, off because the court. of the off the court. I mean, because he has like like legal stuff. Like Kyrie's just out there. Like he, he's not. He's not getting in legal trouble. So at least I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. So that's why I would I would do Kyrie. Yeah, yeah. And like my thing with, with uh, saying AB is being worth is because his was like not just off the court, but he also did it or like off the field, but he also did it on the field. Yeah. His exit in the game where Kyrie doesn't, he didn't act out in game or anything. He just didn't show up. <laughs> the only reason I ask is because I'm like, all right, uh, we could also give the same excuse with AB and be like, well, he got CTE. Everybody know he got it. And we know how what that has on the brain. But I get what y'all saying. I just wanted to ask. It was just, you know. Well, because I still, and, and I think both of them are, are similar. I think, because even, you know, CTE or not, I mean, it, it's still about how you treat people. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a, it's just a character thing. Like, you could be 
having issues, but that's still no reason like to walk off the field like that. Yeah, and plus, like, <laughs> gotta consider like on the pivot where you know Ryan Clark spoke of like once he was getting his money, that's when the change started to happen. Mm-hmm. And then plus, AB ain't the only person that's taking hits to the head, but he's you know just like the select few acting out like as if he was. So if you go through AB's history too, like when he you know getting into college, like because he got kicked out mm-hmm. of one school and then another school and then had another issue. I mean. This has always been something with him. I think, you know, if he has, I mean, unfortunately, if he does have CTE, I mean, obviously that has sort of, you know, exacerbated that, but there's always been something mm-hmm. there with him. And with Kyrie, too, because he just, you know, he he wants to do his own thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny that you asked that, though, Coach. <laughs> That's funny. No, but yeah, I, uh, so there's that. Then there's the whole vaccine situation. He's like, yeah, all right, that's fine. I'll do it. And and Brooklyn's like, we'll even send people to your house, bro. Like Coach Knight yeah. talked about this earlier on, a, on an earlier episode. We'll send people to your house. That way you just get the vaccine and the comfort of your own home. No problem at all. They show up to give him the vaccine. He don't answer the door. Nope. All right, so there's that. And and you have the nerve. So let's just say, so you, you disappear for two weeks without telling your employer. All right. The vaccine thing was your choice, but you did originally agree to it. And then instead of contacting them and say, hey, don't worry about sending the people here. I've really just changed my mind. I, I'm really uncomfortable with this. So I'm just going to go. And the Brooklyn would have been like, oh, yeah, OK, that's fine. You wait for them to come to your house and then you just don't answer the door. Right. And so you do all of that. You you handpick your coach. They do everything for you. And you got the nerve to be unhappy about the money they give you. You should be lucky you have a job. Because if any of us tried to pull that, we would be fired immediately, no matter how good we are. Okay. And mind so you, let me, let me add, mind you, because he made $26 million last year, even though he sat out half the season. He did. Yeah. So $5,000 for half the home, for half the year, for half the home games. Mm-hmm. That would have been one hundred eighty thousand dollars. That's it. That's it. And it basically would have been kind of like a fine. Yes. And he could have played, but no, I don't. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Like, I also I think with that is that he probably didn't want to pay it. It's because of how bad that's going to make him look as well. Because it's just like, oh, like if the Nets was just like, okay, whatever, I'll pay it. And then they're paying for an unvaccinated player to hoop. There's like, oh, they don't care. It just makes the Nets look bad. Mm-hmm. It just makes him look bad, but Kyrie doesn't want to take that. Like, yes, he's like, well, one, I want my money. Two, I don't want the blowback of me playing as an unvaccinated player because they were whoever was going to pay, they were going to get into him. So it's like, it it's just it it was it was foolishness and then mess. a hot mess, hot mess. And then let's get on KD for a second. So we have Nets no authority. Kyrie, no sense. And KD, no leadership. That's what I got for him. And I'm not even saying you got to be like the top dog for the team. Because I think when we when when the media is talking about leadership, they're talking about, oh, you need to be like that dude that mm-hmm. runs the team. That is, you know, and people think that that means you have to be vocal. That means you have to do all these things. 
uh, stand. It, that's not what I, I even mean by leadership because leadership comes in various forms. And I just need KD to pick, to get, at least get one leadership form, at least get one. Okay. Because you said that you don't, so how can you call yourself, say, I'm not a leader, but then say, we don't need a coach. So if, if, if you're not a leader and you don't need a leader as the head coach, then what did you expect was going to happen there? You thought y'all's raw talent was going to take you to a championship? He yes. thought Kyrie was going to lead them. And when has Kyrie led anything? Kyrie hasn't led anything. LeBron led the team, right? Kyrie then goes to Boston. They get a little playoff thing, but they were better without him. You saw that this year. Kyrie has never led anything. He didn't even lead Duke because he was hurt most of the time. So, like, played 11 games. Yeah, that's right. So, he he couldn't lead me to lunch. (laughs) He couldn't lead me to the altar. He couldn't lead me to lunch. He could, man. I, uh, okay. So, it's like, if you are self aware enough as an athlete, then you're like, you know what? Kyrie hasn't showed the leadership that's going to get us successful, but I still want him to play on my team. Okay. I'm not that guy that's going to be able to do it, but I want us to play together. So we need to get a leader of the locker room. Who's going to help keep everything together. That's what common sense would have done. So you still could have played with Kyrie and tried the Brooklyn thing out. You still could have done that and then got you a head coach that, you know, was going, you know, that could try to uh, compensate, for your specific weaknesses. That's what good leaders do, right? Is that they know that they have a skill set and they try to put people around them that complements that skill set so they can achieve a common goal. And then leaders can also follow. A good leader knows it's time for me to step up, it's time for you to step up, and I'll follow your lead. Who the hell are you following, KD? You following Kyrie. You following Kyrie. So not only do you not know how to be the person in the front of the room, you don't even know who to follow. You don't even know the right person to follow. And you got to you got to be careful who you live with. Right. And the way I like to describe this is how we think about relationships. in general. So let's just think about it as a, a, a domestic partnership or a marriage, if you will. Y'all got a relationship and then y'all move in together. Sometimes things change when you move in together. You start noticing stuff about an individual that you didn't really notice before, or the stuff that you did notice is all of a sudden amplified. They see your flaws, you see their flaws, all right? And then you're like, yo, this is not quite what I signed up for. I, you still my boy and all, like we still cool and all, but it can't continue like this. So KD has to watch who he lives with. So I'm going to be really upset if they end up on the same team. I hope that never happens. Because if they do again, that means he didn't learn his lesson. No, there's only one way that's going to happen. And they, they, the team that can make, or the only team that would make it happen can't. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So KD has to know, like, it, 
it's time for a time time for you know us to part ways. We can still be boys. I'm still boys with James Harden. You know what I'm saying? He he in Philly. I still be boys with you. But don't repeat the same mistake. And that's what good leaders do also is that they learn from their mistakes. So I hope in this next chapter of KD's career, he learns from his mistakes. And by him choosing Miami and Phoenix tells me that maybe he did. Maybe he did. Because those are two organizations that if he does end up there, that has strong front office presence, strong head coach, and also other players that will be leaders on the team, a.k.a. Jimmy Butler, Chris Paul. UD. And UD, mm. right? So you don't need to do all that. You could just show up and hoop, which is what he really wants to do. So it gives him a chance to do that. Uh, I know we were talking about Brooklyn might want to, you know, try to get SGA. That's good for Brooklyn. That's not good for KD, in my opinion. Yeah. Because he's going to end up in the same situation. Well, not necessarily because there's no one for him to follow there. Because he will be literally be the guy, whether they keep SGA and do a bunch of players and picks or not. Like, who's going to sit there and, like, who's going to tell him what to do? He's older and he's better than all of them. And so I think that's like, the problem. That's what yeah. I think the problem is because he has no one. They, they don't have a strong coach. And he doesn't have a strong co-star. So the leadership is going to be on him. And for someone who has come out and said, I'm not a leader, that's a scary situation to be in. Actually, yeah, the now that you mentioned, because now that you mentioned it, it kind of sounds literally no different than Kyrie going to the Celtics, a young, talented team with a guy that's not a leader. But he just wouldn't admit that he's not a true leader. He just thinks he is. But I, I did find that. I was just like, See, you know you needed a coach because you're telling me that <laughs> you just was saying that because because you know your your partner, as you said, your domestic partner, the one you're married to, said, Oh, I really don't think we need a coach. So you just went with it. But you can't tell me you ain't say that when one, the only time you won, you was with Steve Kerr and Draymond Green. And I mentioned Draymond Green specifically because he's the leader of that team, he's the voice and so on and so forth. And then you said the top two teams you want to go to is literally like you mentioned, just they have their leader. Like Chris Paul is going to call you on any and everything. Yep. He doesn't yep. play around. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Butler's been on teams. Well, he's a leader here. You got UD, you got Eric Spolstra, even with the Suns with Monty Williams. But like with, with the Heat, you got Jimmy Butler, who's played both roles of being a leader as the best player and also being a leader and not the best player. Like he acknowledges that he knows his role. Mm -hmm. So, it's, but he's going to tell you what it is. That's why they, he's been bouncing around is because like, Oh, I don't like the type of energy he's given, but it's like, but I mean, is, is he lying? <laughs> so you're telling me that you want to go from, Oh, we don't need a coach basically saying you don't need a leader to like, two of the most strong-headed leaders in the league and Chris Paul and, you know, well, I would just group together Jimmy Butler, Eric Spolstra, and, and UD. Yeah. And, and so let's just say, the because the Lakers are the only team interested in Kyrie, so Kyrie was also the one that says, hey, we don't need no coach. 
or we don't need no leader. Now, I know they the Lakers have a new head coach in Darvin Ham, but LeBron James is there. So that 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 makes sense. So you still have a leader. You still needed a leader at the end mm-hmm. of the day. And what boggles my mind was that whole we don't need a coach thing in the first place. And we have been talking about it. We when they first got together and that first happened, we were talking about it right here on the coach's box. And we were, I don't know how this is going to work. Coach Natty T even won a bet against some friends on this blowing up in their face and that's exactly what happened so Brooklyn can start next season without neither one of them potentially they they lost Harden they would lose Harden KD and Kyrie all within a calendar year like, like probably Ben Simmons too it might maybe Ben Simmons too so like I, that's just mind-boggling to me but like going back to the domestic partner situation so let y'all get together y'all get a house or whatever and that's just like one of the partners is like, you know what? We really don't need a toilet in this house. You know, you know what? You absolutely right. We got plenty of places to take a dump in this house. And then what happens is you get a house full of crap. And that's exactly what the Brooklyn Nets are right now. A house full of crap because they didn't have the proper infrastructure to be able to do this. That's what happened. What the hell? <laughs> I'm like, what? Amen. How long were you sitting on that analogy? <laughs> I, I just came up with that like four minutes when you started freestyle. talking. Yeah, I'll freestyle that one. That's exactly what happened. That's yeah. exactly what happened. We don't need a toilet. And Katie was like, okay, I guess we don't. We can go in the backyard. Now look at it. House full of crap. Amen. I guess to sort of wrap this up, I do want to thank, you know, Kevin Durant and <laughs> Kyrie Irving because, you know, they always prove me right. And I like being right. You know? And for those who haven't seen my tears, yeah, my NBA player tears. Yes. I know some people may have wondered, hey, why is KD in tier three and Steph Curry's in tier two? Well, if you've been listening in the past 15, 20 minutes, that's exactly why. This is why. <laughs> so KD's a phenomenal player. Nobody's doubting that. And yeah. before we go to the next topic, this is one of the things that really ticks me off. Because when we're talking about these situations, and you talk about certain players, because people always like bringing up the talent. Like, well, I mean, you know, Kyrie has the best handle. I'm not talking about his handle. We're not disagreeing on that. No. Man, KD's got the best bag out here. We know KD's bag is nice. Mm-hmm. But again, like I always said, you having supreme talent is fine. But that supreme talent has to translate to results on a consistent basis. Otherwise, what's the point in having supreme talent? Right. That's right. So that's why, again, I have KD in my tier three because I think he's the best hired gun, assassin, whatever you want to call it. That's who he is. Mm -hmm. Golden State, they had they they have a great system, all of that. They ran to LeBron James and Kyrie, and they're like, you know what? We have a slight talent deficiency. Yo, let's go get Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Hey, yo, Kevin, I don't need you to lead us. I don't need you to give us a speech. I don't need you to give input on the game plan. <laughs> I just need you to do what you do on offense and match LeBron James. Yes. Okay. Boom. What do you get? Two straight finals MVPs. Blew them out of the water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. he has the opportunity to do that with you know another team. So we'll see. But 
And the other thing is, too, he's going to be 34 years old in September. He's not that young, and he's already kind of injury prone. Yeah. KD, I would suggest that you try to get your butt to Phoenix or Miami and not OKC Mm -hmm. because really, like, next year, like, that's 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 kind of it. Because yeah. I don't see 35, 36. You don't take care of yourself like LeBron James does. That's true. So I don't I, – everybody thinks, oh, everybody's just going to play until they're 40 like LeBron James is and still averaging, you know, 20-something points. No. You don't take care of your body like LeBron James does. That's, that, that's an anomaly, bro. Yes. So I would suggest – Next season, you try to get yourself to a place where you can just be an assassin again and help somebody win a championship. But, you know, what do I know? I just have them in my tier three. (laughs) So common theme here to put a bow on this. If you're KD, if you're Kyrie Irving, if you're Zion Williamson, if you're Miles Bridges, I'm going to need y'all to get y'all's minds right. Your talent is undeniable, but y'all heads, not in the right place. And KD, maybe you do need to relocate. That's fine, let's see what happens. Speaking of relocating, <laughs> we got a little bit of a, another college football shuffle coming up for the two, 2024 season. So as most of you heard, USC, UCLA is moving from the Pac-12 to the Big 10. So, Coach Pace, when you heard this news, what were some of the things you were thinking about? What does this mean to you? What influence does this have on college football? It's stupid. (laughs) Plain and simple. There's no getting around this at all. It's literally stupid. All Big Ten teams are in the middle of the country. Why in the hell are we incorporating people out west? I don't care if their league is breaking up. I don't care about money. We make, listen, Big Ten football is top tier elite football. That's why NFL teams break their neck to come to the Big Ten to get linemen, running backs, and OSU is wide receiver you. But going out to Cal, it just throws everything off. Like they have to come here most of the year and play 9 a.m. games on their time. They have to wake up their time at probably like 5 a.m. Like what like what like throw them in a league with Texas or something. Like all everybody out there that want to lead it. Listen, they need to learn how to play defense first. How about that? People that can't play defense can't be in our league. How about that? Because it just don't make Lincoln Riley, he's going to fold. He's going to get to the Big Ten and wonder why he can't outcoach Rutgers. <laughs> Bro, we got so many elite coaches in the Big Ten. He's going to get circles ran around him. If he doesn't have Baker Mayfield, Trey Sermon, uh, C.D. Lamb, and all them elite talents that they had, Bro, he can't really coach. He like Sean Cliff Kingsbury. What what's his name? Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all that talent, but not doing nothing with it. Bro, this is so this this like I rather had Notre Dame. 
Man, let me entertain Notre Dame first before we entertain like some USC who ain't been stuff since Reggie Bush, UCLA. When the last time you who played for UCLA? I don't even know who played for UCLA in my lifetime. <laughs> Your lifetime. <laughs> Bro, who played for you? Give me somebody that played for you. Like, for where did where did Juju play? USC. US. Okay, Juju. My yeah. bad. They ain't been nothing since Maurice Jones Drew was there. I forgot about Maurice Jones Drew. Oh, Josh Rosen. Rosen. Yeah, Josh Rosen. Who? <laughs> you talking about the Great White Hope? Who? <laughs> man, I'm not. I'm not. Man, this is about the dumbest move on the planet. I don't. I don't even know. Like all it makes sense is dollar sign wise. Like I don't. It, yeah, man. Go take it over, fellas, man. That okay. should be. Cool. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. yeah, you can go ahead, Coach Ninety Two. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of heard this was coming from my NFL contact, so I'm not surprised by it at all. The one thing that people aren't mentioning. When did all this movement start and all this, you know, NIL kind of snowball effect, people moving conferences? When did that start? When they got rid of the BCS and went to the college football playoff? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I say that because Coach JB3, when I say it, you'll probably laugh because I, I say this all the time now. Because when I was doing my job training, that I trained us. Gave me one of the best quotes, and it's changed my life. He said, listen, when you're doing this stuff, you're analyzing stuff, think about this. There aren't that many solutions. It's only trade-offs. Yeah. When you think about it, this, is, this was inevitable. It was going to happen. Why? I understand the BC. I'm not advocating for the BCS. I'm just saying that's sort of when they change it to the college football playoff, that changed things because now you have this committee and they're deciding who's in the final four and who's always in the final four, a big 10 school, <laughs> an SEC school, more often than not, it's two SEC schools, maybe a Clemson and then maybe a, Big 12 school. Notre Dame made it, I think, one year. Notre Dame made it a couple of times. Washington. Oklahoma. Washington made it one year. Oregon made it one year. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So now you're putting such an emphasis on strength of schedule. What's going to happen is these schools are going to create basically an NFL-style two super conference leagues and it's going to be the big 10 and it's going to be the sec texas and oklahoma already went to they're already going to the sec uh usc ucla they haven't had recent success but they're, they're big brand names you put them in the big 10 i'm pretty sure uh notre dame's probably going to have been the big 10 too don't be surprised if you see like a clemson or even if Miami can kind of get some NIL deals, get some more recruits out of there, don't be surprised if they go to the SEC as well. Because that's what's going to happen. And this was inevitable. So for all those who think, oh, you know, this is why we need to expand the college football playoff because it gives more of these other teams a chance. No, it don't. Because now what's going to happen is, now that you have these super conferences, 
They're just going to pick the top eight from the Big Ten and SEC. It just widens the gap. That's all this does. Coach Knight, see, you know this better than I would. Um, does it remind you of the English Premier League at all? In a way. In a way. Um, I got these top tiers and then it's like everybody else, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what was going to happen. Because if you really thought things were just going to stay status quo after they changed to that college football playoff, that, nah, I'm sadly mistaken. Because that's what that's what was going to happen, and that's what's happened. So I'm not surprised by it. Um, I think, and, and again, it's a money play because, again, you get exposure, Ohio State going to the Coliseum to play USC. That's a big, that is a big ratings draw. It is. Ohio State is able to get more exposure out west. USC and UCLA, they get to come east. They get to play. I mean, I live down the street from Maryland in the D.C. market. Go to Rutgers. They're going to play in that New York market. Just that exposure generates a lot more interest and a lot more money. That's going to give more uh, you know, TV money to the network that gets redistributed back to the universities. It's just a, it's a, it's a money train. Mm-hmm. so it was inevitable that was going to happen and for all those who are so mad at the nil but aren't mad at this you're an absolute idiot and i don't <laughs> want to hear from you i don't want to talk to you <laughs> don't look in my direction don't look in my face don't call my name because i will call you an idiot you said, your face don't dm don't me damn don't at me <laughs> don't at me don't nothing because again you have a problem with the nil you should really have a problem with this. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. this is effing professional football is what it is. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me, oh, the students, oh, the little guy don't get it. Nobody gives a damn about the little guy. It's freaking America. If you haven't figured that out yet, they're going to do whatever the hell they want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's about money. It's about big brand names. We just got done finished talking about Kyrie and KD, right? We can say what we want to say, but talent pays. They're still in the mix. We're still talking about them. Teams are still interested mostly in KD. Mm-hmm. Why? Because of his talent and what he can offer. Mm-hmm. USC, they have sucked yes. pretty much since... Mark Sanchez was there. That was the last time they had like a halfway decent season. Mm-hmm. But it's USC, man. It's a big brand name. It's yeah. a money generator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the big chance will be like, yeah, come on over. Mm-hmm. Let's set up some big matchups. Ohio State versus USC. USC at the big house in Michigan. You, gonna, you already see how they're going to set it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Saturday night football. Oh, yeah. And then my last point is just to kind of bring it all together in terms of why they're doing this. You have to remember when it comes to TV viewership, the Eastern side of the country has more people that live on the Eastern side of the country than the West coast. Mm -hmm. It's just, obviously you have like Los Angeles, you have San Francisco, but listen, I, I live just outside of DC. So you have DC, Philly, New York, Boston. I mean, that's that is like that's almost a third of the country in terms of population. So a lot of the TV shows, a lot of the the games, 
they're done on Eastern Standard Time. Yep. Mm-hmm. So by USC and UCLA coming over to that to that side, it helps them out. I would not be shocked if you see like an Oregon or a Washington. I wouldn't be surprised if you see them follow suit as well. Mm. So again, it's 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 a money thing. So again, for those that are about this whole NCAA like nostalgic, oh, this isn't what it was in the past. Like just just stop, just get over it. It's it's professional football is what it is. Yeah, yeah, man, I stole my thunder, man. No, <laughs> no, that was good. No, was good. no, I just got you know. I mean, that's that's the that's the real, real, as they say. <laughs> I have I have two phrases uh, listed under this topic. I have two party system. Uh, thinking about, and I was thinking about it just like our American politics. It's like, yeah, you got other parties, but no one really paying attention to them like that. So you really, if you want to get something, you want to get somewhere, you got to be part of one of the two parties, Democrat, Republican, if you want to make it. That's, I, I see college football operating the same way because people have kind of shaped it to be that way to your point, Coach Natty T, already, where anyone outside of those two conferences to make it to a top four team is rare. Uh, and they have to be virtually perfect in order to do that. And even if you're perfect, you're probably still not getting it. Yes, yes. Because um, mm-hmm. Cincinnati was perfect that they got it. But a lot of people were like, ah, I don't know. It was kind of a question mark. It was a question mark. When if Ohio State is perfect with that, there's no question marks there. Like No, but even not, but to go to your further point, because again, to even Texas, Oklahoma, USC, they haven't been successful. What they're saying is, if I can at least be competitive enough, not go undefeated, but when they expand this college football playoff to eight, is it more likely that I can get in by being in the Pac-12 and playing a week schedule and having one loss or maybe undefeated? Or I can go to the Big Ten, maybe have two or three losses, and maybe that loss is to Ohio State. Maybe that loss is to... Penn State or something, because they're already going to be ranked highly, right? Same right. thing with Texas. Okay, I lose to Alabama, I lose to Georgia, but I beat everybody else. Right. That's they're the- going to take those teams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they're going to do. So it's just a matter of like, hey, I would rather be here mm-hmm. than play a weaker schedule. Might as well. So I had two-party system as my first part, and then I had money, power, and respect as the second phrase. And I think you outlined that perfectly, Coach Natty T. Uh, Think about that and Coach Pace, to your point, I am a little concerned for the actual athletes when it comes to the travel portion of things. Uh, That's gonna be a beast there. Uh, And so I'm, I'm pretty, I'm empathetic when it comes to now, now for, for everyone to know, they didn't, they're not moving all the sports there. They kept some sports at bay that are going to continue to participate in the Pac-12, but all the major money makers, best believe they're going to be part of this new travel schedule. Yeah. Oh, I've, I've done it. It sucks. We had to go to California a few times during the week. Man, it was fun, but I was like, damn, I got a lot of work to catch up on. <laughs> <laughs> but that's going to be why. That's going to be quite the adjustment. Yeah. Yeah. I, hope, I hope it goes well for everyone once this kicks in in 2024. Uh, Coach Murph, did you want to add anything before we move on to our last topic? 
Nah, y'all pretty much just covered everything. I mean, the only thing I really had to say that sucked about it is, of course, we knew it was a money grab because, I mean, <clears throat> I'm sure there was other opportunities for, like, the Big Ten to get better teams in there, but they decided to go with this one because, one, we know they aren't and haven't been good, and, two, it's a West Coast team, so – like y'all mentioned, California just breeds money. It gives you more looks, so on and so forth. So, I mean, but y'all y'all pretty much cracked that down into detail. So, I got one question left, and Coach Nineteen might be able to answer this one. So, we talked about in an earlier episode the TV contracts that each of these conferences have. And so, I remember I outlined a few of those with their TV contracts was the Big Ten was by far the biggest one. It was in the $50 million a year range, I believe. And you had SEC, I believe, was number two. And then everyone else from their ACC, I believe, was at the bottom of that list. Uh, and so Pac-12 was towards the bottom, too. So, like, looking at it like that, what does that TV negotiation contract look like? You know, like, that's what I'm looking at right now. I'll tell you what I've heard. That's going to double. Let's just put it that way. Yikes. And I can say that pretty comfortably. It's, it's going to be because they have to play out the, the, the original contract, but it's going to be double. Trust me. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm telling you, watch out. Oregon, Stanford, Washington. Yeah. That's why to have a TV contract with like almost like about $100 million for just for the conference. <laughs> just yeah. for the freaking conference. That's yeah. why. It's going to double. That's going to double. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see. It, 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 we talked about the travel schedule being difficult. It could benefit athletes, like you were saying, Coach Natty, about primetime television. Uh, I heard an analyst talk about, which was a pretty good point, um, when you had Derrick Henry and Christian McCaffrey in the Heisman race, and Derrick Henry gets it. And a lot of it, people were saying, well, I really don't see Christian McCaffrey that often. I see highlights, but the games are on at 10 o'clock at night. So I'm not watching them. Now those will be on prime time. So those athletes that are standouts, like you were saying, more people get eyes on them. Uh, so, yeah, I did think that was a very interesting part of this. But again, like I said, I mean, I think it's a solution, but it's really a trade-off. Yeah. You can have it the old system, but yeah, people aren't going to watch you, but you can do it this way. Yeah, you got to make an adjustment, but these people are going to see you now. Exactly. Trade-off. So we're going to get in and quickly do this last topic here. Coach Murphy is going to get us kicked off. We decided to list our top 10 QB rankings going into the new season, the 2022-2023 season. Coach Murph, who is on your list? It's about to be good. All right, so going into this, I factor in everything, the new situations, the new teams, how they've been playing, because this is strictly off of this season. I went at at number – I'm going to start at number 10. I went with Lamar Jackson at number 10 just because of his ability. <laughs> because <laughs> Coach Pay's ready to go off already. <laughs> Listen, are you not listening to every – what I just <laughs> broke down the, into the scope of this? Out of everybody on this list, he literally has the least weapons by far, but I respect his playmaking ability enough that – he could still be considered top 10 over anyone else that you will probably put in there. Number nine, I did Russell Wilson 
new situation, better weapons. Um, I think he'll he'll have a solid year this year. Number eight, Justin Herbert. He has great weapons. Still waiting for him to, you know, settle in at that that quarterback <laughs> that quarterback position uh, because we we just like what we've mentioned in the past, mostly in IT, just like how you mentioned about Josh Allen, what you wait for is consistency. That's what he doesn't have. Number seven, Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't have Devontae Adams, and I would typically put him top three, but literally having your best receiver being Allen Lazard, it's like (laughs) – We'll, we'll we'll see how you go, but I respect his you know his ability to throw the football well enough that, and then them still having Aaron Jones that to divert some of that attention, mm-hmm. he should be solid. Number six, Joe Burrow. They added some line. They you know added a new lineman through the draft. I got him some extra protection. That was pretty much what he was missing these past couple seasons. This is why he was getting hurt and beat up most sacks in like a playoff game or, or even like a, a playoff run. So <clears throat> crazy ability. Number five, Derek Carr with the addition of Devontae Adams still having Hunter Renfro. Uh, you still got, you know, Josh Jacobs. I mean, I just feel like they should be a better team, especially with all that they went through last year and him still being able to produce. I mean, added Devontae Adams and somebody that you have history with in college, that that just should do it for you. Number four, Tom Brady. No more Gronk. It's Tom Brady. I I don't give him the, the most credit. Well, I feel like I'm probably like the hardest one, but I mean, at the end of the day, it is Tom Brady. I'm just expecting him to produce and be good and you get your players back. We'll see what it's like um, with, um, I forgot his name. That's coming back from, uh, that'll be coming off of injury, but uh, we'll see how, how he is when he comes back. Number three, Pat Mahomes, because losing Tyreek Hill, We'll see what Ju- the addition of the Juju was like. <laughs> I- I'm looking forward to your list. I-, I don't know what I'm getting these looks for. Uh, number two, Josh Allen. We we saw what you did. We feel like yeah, that's a- that's a good one for number two. I'm good with Josh Allen there. That's, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I'm trying to figure out who number one. <laughs> that's a good question. Because I'm not a loss for words right about now. <laughs> I'm like, bro, who the hell is left? <laughs> I'm like, bro, who is left? I got some people, but sheesh, man, listen. Yeah. Well, while we get Coach Murph back online, Coach Pace, why don't you go ahead and do yours? Man, I ain't have time to do all that factoring. And listen, I'm going with QBs. Who I'm? If I got fantasy draft, who am I drafting? That that is literally what I went based off of. So I'm gonna start with ten. I'm going Derek Carr. All right, 
10 is their card. This this is strictly off of who I think the best QB is and who I'm drafting. All right. After that, I got Stafford. All right, at nine. At eight, I got Russ. At seven, I got Herbert. Mm-hmm. At six, I got Lamar Jackson. Coach Murph, I'm going to just let you know because you're going to go buck wild. Listen, this is strictly off of fantasy draft potential and who I would like, who I think the best quarterback is, point blank. There's no factor in the teams or any of that. It's just straight like, all right, who do I have to, who I got to draft? I'm starting a team. So I went 10, Carr, 9, Stafford, 8, Russ, 7, Herbert, 6, Lamar, Five, I got Tom. Okay. Four, I got my man Pooh Shiesty. I mean, Joe Shiesty. <laughs> Joey B. My guy. Listen. My guy, Joey B. Y'all lucky I ain't having one. All right. Three, I got Rogers. Two, I got Allen. And number one, he's still my homeboy. <laughs> P15, Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes. Nice. Nice. Like Coach Murph, we, we didn't get to hear your number one. Who was your number one? Yeah, I, I was convinced that, that Coach Pace booted me with all the phases he was making. But uh, now my number one was Matthew Stafford because of pretty much the same team. You add Allen Robinson, you got Cooper Cup still. Uh, I don't see him slowing down at all. Like I said, what I'm waiting is for him to – I don't expect him to have a triple crown again, but I'm just – if everybody wants to talk about him being a great receiver and one of the best top three in the league today, I need to see – nobody was talking about him the year prior. Yeah. So let's see him have another – you know, just another good season, a solid season. So You know what, Coach Murph? I take back everything I said, all my looks. Listen <laughs> – your list is better than mine. I always <laughs> knew there was something about you and why I liked you. Listen, <laughs> my list, it don't really matter, guys. Because mine was based on birth. Mine was just more so based off of, you know, nope, nope, like nope. Said, their ability. Nope. You can just stop. Listen, you said staff for one. That's all I really care about, dude. You ain't got to go. You into too much detail already. Did you think I had on my list? <laughs> Listen, it doesn't matter who you. I don't care how your list went. You got Stafford at one. You see what I got? I'm cool. <laughs> Coach Pace got, got his Rams hoodie on. <laughs> he ready to go. Oh, nah, I, li- I like I like both of y'all's lists. Coach Natty T, what do you got? I didn't rank them. I just, I guess I, I'm in this, this tier mindset now. So I didn't rank them. I just. 10 10 um yeah yeah so you know obvious ones you know Mahomes Allen Rodgers Brady Stafford um Joe Burrow Lamar Jackson Russell Wilson uh Justin Herbert and Derek Carr those are my 10 okay um on the outside looking in because I kind of made like a list of 15 and then kind of said all right who's a 10 out of here uh your boy Dak Prescott, the code outside looking in. <laughs> Kyle Murray, outside looking in. Yep. What else I have in there? Well, yeah, those are the two that really matter. Deshaun Watson. 
Well, I didn't include. I, he's disqualified at the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I did the same thing. So, for my list, I originally had him listed, and I'm like, I don't think he's going to play. So yeah, he's disqualified. Yeah, I not just, eligible. I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna start at ten. And this was really hard. I should probably go over to the tier system. Like you, Coach Knight, would have made this a lot easier. But um, I have Justin Herbert at ten only because, only because he hasn't won anything yet. Like you got more talent than some of these other people on this list, but you haven't been able to maximize it. And and your division uh, just got more competitive. The Broncos got better, and the Raiders got better, and the Chiefs were already top tier. So if you couldn't handle the division as it was last year, I don't know if he's going to be able to make much of a difference this year. Um, so maybe maybe he he gets a little bit better at throwing the ball. He makes less mistakes. I think he'll be fine in that, but will really result into the wins loss column? I don't think so. Uh, speaking of Derek Carr, I have him next. Um, after that, um, because Derek Carr has, has at least been able to get, you know, to the summit, you know, at least be able to get into the game there uh, in the playoffs and stuff. So Derek Carr, uh, Russell Wilson. So I kind of have like the <laughs> AFC West as my uh, as that Russell Wilson. You know, he thrives better when he has a solid defense um, and the game isn't put on him always to win. Now, we'll see what this offense looks like. Uh, which is why I have him pretty low, but he's still been able to do a lot with the little throughout his career um, after the Legion of Boom. And so I think that will put him, uh, that gives him a little edge over Herbert, who hasn't proved much, and Carr, who has in some seasons underachieved as well. Uh, then you have Lamar Jackson. I, it pained me to put him this low, but I'm you know, with Coach Murph on the fact that he doesn't have much to work with here. Uh, if we're talking about individual talent, I think he's worth a higher ranking than that. Uh, but I just don't think it's going to produce too much because the Ravens don't want to see Lamar be great. Uh, so then I have Matthew Stafford. Um, after that, he's not he hasn't really lost that much. Who knows? OBJ, OBJ might come back in the middle of the season, you know, so he might even have extra weapons than he did last year. Uh, that's just just dangerous, dangerous right there. Uh, I do have Joe Burrow ahead of him just because I think personal uh, stats wise, Joe Burrow is going to perform better than Matthew Stafford. Uh, with that young team is absolutely phenomenal. And I, I just think they're going to get better with, with the offensive line, as you all mentioned, and an, another year under the belt with the, with the young wideouts. I think they will be just fine. Joe Mixon in the backfield. Uh, I have Aaron Rodgers. Some of this is becoming like, I don't know what's going to happen with Devont, without Devontae, but he has been able to win without Devontae. Uh, so we'll see what's going on this year. He's coming off back-to-back MVP. So I, I, I felt like I needed to put him in the top tier there somewhere, but we'll see. Uh, then Tom Brady at three. Um, I know there's no Gronk, but Tom Brady is kind of used to having to adjust a lot throughout his career. So I think he'll be okay. And uh, Josh Allen at number two. I do need to see more consistency out of him. Like I, I do need to, for him not to have these like ridiculously bad games, like randomly in the season against people he has no business struggling against. Uh, but, you know, 
they gave us a show in the AFC Championship game. Uh, and the Chiefs came up on out on top. So I got my homeboy at one. Um, but much respect to Josh Allen because I do think he's on the head in the right direction, though. So that's my list there. All right. Did we miss anybody in our top 10? I think, did we all have the same 10? This may be in different we spots. We did. <laughs> no Dak Prescott, no Kyler nope. Murray. No. Nope. Yeah. And no then, Captain then There's like everybody else. There's everybody else. Yeah, Kyler is doodoo to me. I don't. Not yeah, bro, he, he's only if we said the first six games or half a season did it based off of half a season, he'll be up there. Give me Ken Kirk before him, period. Well, yeah, he'll play the whole season and his QB to uh, his his TD to interception ratio is pretty good too. So, yeah, yes. So, we're going to keep doing some of these rankings lists on the show as especially as we prepare for the NFL season. So, this is the first of, of several that we'll be doing um in the, in the coming weeks so we enjoyed the show i think this was a pretty good show we hope you enjoyed it as well uh so on behalf of coach natty t coach pace and coach murph i'm coach jp3 we'll catch y'all next week stay blessed stay safe and enjoy the nba drama y'all peace <laughs>